Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. When in the field, accuracy and precision count. That's why we switch our slug guns to rifle barrels, tune our arrows, and use a fish finder on the water. But why should our drive for control end there? The Tappacue line of meat probes gives an instantaneous look at the temperatures of our prized meals, both internal and the cooking chamber. Tappacue uses sturdy hardware made and assembled here in the U.S., along with their user-friendly, sophisticated software that connects to your smart device. Whether it's a traditional corded probe or the new cordless air probes that give you a wealth of freedom where wires would just get in the way. Adding a Tappacue meat probe can significantly help in getting to that medium rare on venison or waterfowl, ensuring your upland bird stays moist, or even charting your long cooks on a smoker. Visit Tappacue.com or find the link in the show notes and use the code HUNT10, all uppercase, at checkout to save 10%. Adding a probe to your kit can make you one tap away from your cue. Welcome to the Huntivore Podcast, powered by Sportsman's Nation, where we celebrate the hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos. Fork in hand, beer in the other. No status. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering. Just catch it, cut it, cook it. This is episode 75, Camp Cook with Cast Iron Steve. Tents are packed and the camper is hitched on. Summertime brings camping season to both pros and first-timers to the great outdoors. A highlight at camp always seems to be the food. Nick brought back Cast Iron Steve to chat about his camping kitchen setups. Whether you bring out the heavy iron and charcoal or go light with a propane burner, this episode will have you pondering your own setups for this camping season. But before we begin... I want to make a huge thank you to my guests, listeners, and supporters. Episode 75 marks the completion of three years of the Hunt Board podcast. Through this project, I have been blessed with with amazing conversations, incredible dishes, and camaraderie with hunters and anglers all across the nation. So cheers to making year three a great year and beginning an an exciting year four. Now... Let's get on with our chat with Steve. Well, hey, folks. Beautiful summer evening here in Michigan. We finally got a good shot of rain, and everything is just feeling A-OK. Uh, things are starting to bounce back to life. All the all the corn is starting to unfurl again. Uh, even out here in the woods, everything's just perking back. Nothing, no more wilt going on here in the woods. But, hey, folks, I'm... 
I'm getting really excited because my guest tonight is going to be really good to the season that has started started right out here in front of us. Uh, the campgrounds are filling up and people are wanting to get outside and the camp cook is going to be the highlight of everybody's camping session. So I have went ahead and rang up a good buddy. He's all the way out in Utah. He uh, He's a lover of barbecue and cast iron. And in fact, he himself is a father. We just had Father's Day this past weekend. So uh, Steve, happy Father's Day to you, man. Thanks. Happy Father's Day to you too. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. How old is your little guy? Uh, he's about two and a half two and a half did did mom and him take you out to your favorite place or did you end up cooking on on your special day you know i ended up cooking i i have been dying to cook some beef ribs that's something i've wanted to cook for a very long time but my wife always kind of seemed a little hesitant of it she didn't know if she would like it but she couldn't say no to me on father's day so i got to cook beef ribs yesterday it was awesome oh nice cut rib or the full long brontosaurus fred flintstone style how how'd you cook those up they were just the um oh what were they called the beef back ribs you know just the really small um ribs so i didn't didn't have the money to go get the big fred flintstone ones but those are definitely on the you know on the bucket list but i just I just seasoned them up with some beef seasoning and just cooked them on my pellet grill for about six hours. And they were great, super tender, fall off the bone. They were awesome. That's a good thing. I got some short ribs um, that I've acquired. A buddy of mine didn't know what to do with them. And so he's like, here you go. I was like, well, sweet. Now I got to, now I got to figure out what to do with, with short ribs. Um, mm-hmm. probably similar to what you did with, uh, with your setup, you're, you're talking six hours on a, on a pellet grill at that point. Um, did you have a, like a, a brine going on in the beginning of that? Or was it just like a dry rub and let it, let it do its thing? It was just a dry rub right at first. Um, when I was about, oh, about halfway through, I wrapped them in some butcher paper and I, I put some beef stock and some soy sauce in there and some a little bit of Worcestershire just to kind of help moisten it up a little bit. And that was really good. There you go. I, I tell you, that uh, that soy sauce, Worcestershire, Worcestershire, I'm sure it's pronounced correctly somewhere or along the way. <laughs> I, can't, I can't ever figure that out. But I feel like that combo with just that dry rub, it just seems to really, like, fall into place with beef, like, it can just absorb so much of that flavor, but still at the same time taste like beef. You can you can get those notes through it. Oh yeah, totally. It was awesome. Definitely doing it again. Good deal. Good deal. So with your with your setup, um, I know we're gonna jump into some camp cooking in here, but one of the things that you're also known for is just the extensive collection of cast iron that you're adding on to. I love going through uh, your Instagram feed and just seeing your different setups. You either have them on a rack or the the wall set up with the the black pipe. It looks so cool the, of them all lined up there. How many tons are you up to? Are are you at a ton? Two thousand pounds worth of cast iron in your kitchen? <laughs> no, not that much. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you want to know how much I have. <laughs> so I don't know if my wife wants to know how much I have. 
But um, I have about 20 pieces that I use very frequently and um, very often. And then I probably have about 10 or 15 other pieces that I don't use that often, but I'll bust them out every once in a while. There you go. The uh, you get you know, you have the the everyday guys, and then you've got also the the, the special events, the able scabers. The last time we talked about you were you were showing off your able scaber uh, pan. That that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've used that one, but that one that one's fun. We've asked it before, and I just I want to get it. I want to have our listeners just really know why. Why is cast iron so important to you? It's there seems to be so many options that are out there as far as like uh, stainless steel and there's Teflon. There's all these space age materials. Like they show off like that they're going to be super nonstick and super nice. Like what's why are you flipping it and going back with cast iron? It's just it's vintage. It's iconic. It's what our country was founded on. Everybody was using cast iron you know, way back when it's been around forever. Why, you know, why change the, why change the wheel? It's something that will last forever and will work good. So why use something else? I do use my stainless steel pots when I'm boiling water and stuff, but um, I prefer stainless steel for pots and stuff like that over Teflon. But um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just, it's awesome, classic, iconic. Why change it? Good deal, good deal. I find that I actually burn less things in a piece of cast iron. The heat distribution is so much more even that, mm-hmm. you know, I do have a backup pan that I use that if I'm not using the cast iron, I throw this other one on. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to get hot spots and I'll, I'll torch the tar out of like one burger where the other two are hardly done just because, you know, it doesn't distribute heat as much, but that, that cast iron just spreads that heat out so much more yeah, even. It does. It does. I, I'm even looking into uh, like the carbon, carbon steel. Have you had a chance to play with any of the carbon steel stuff as well? Well, I, I have my my flat tops, my flat top griddles that um, they're made by Camp Chef. And those are, um, I guess those are more seasoned steel than, but, um, you know, I've seen those. Um, what what did you call them again? The, the, the carbon steel? Yeah, the carbon steel. Yeah, I've seen them. Uh, I know Lodge makes a few and, um there's a few other companies that have seen made them and I've always seen them and I've been very curious about them just out of the fact that they would be so lightweight. Um, it's something I, something I, I want to venture into and, you know, give it a shot, try it out. But I, something I haven't done as of yet. Yeah. So folks, you're gonna have to stay tuned because neither one of us have got a piece <laughs> Then we could even try out for for the carbon seal stuff. But you hey, mentioned get, your... get, get me back on the podcast in a year, and we we can talk carbon steel. There you go. We'll come back. <laughs> hold hold on. We'll we'll figure this out in three sixty five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, you've got like your griddle, your griddle pan, or um your griddle top from Camp Chef. I've got one of those that I'll throw on my little propane, and I tell you that that's a workhorse there. Um, 
I do get a little bit more of the hot spots with that one. Yeah, um, yeah I do too. I run the Everest. It's the Camp Chef Everest uh, propane stove. It's the one that you can take up to higher elevation. It just uses propane much more efficiently than, say, yeah. um, just a regular burner. It's got the foil foil wrap on the outside, so it actually uh, burns it more efficiently and gets hotter. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll end up getting two hot spots on the side and then a real cool area in the middle. So I end up, instead of being able to throw six, panca- six pancakes across the top, I end up only having to do four, but then I stack them in the middle, and so at least they're warm all the way while I'm cooking, so I'm not serving cold cakes uh, if it's a little bit chilly in the morning. But I, yeah, yeah, that's the one thing, one downside that it's like, man, I wish it spread out heat just as much as the cast iron. But if it works a little yeah, bit like I that, know. it might, it might just be too thin a material at that point. It, we're fighting physics mm-hmm. here at that point. Yeah, it is kind of nice though, where you can have those um, different temperature zones on that. Because uh, I, I don't have, I have just a small um, flat top, but my parents have a really big one and it works out really good for like um, one time I was, I was cooking some, some Philly cheesesteak sandwiches on there and you know, your meat and your onions and your peppers, you're going to want to cook those at a little bit hotter of a heat. And then on the other side, I was toasting the buns. You don't want those as hot. So you had the temperature down a little bit and you were able to toast those buns perfect. So that that's a plus that I've noticed with those flat tops. But yeah, they don't distribute heat as good as like a cast iron skillet or a Dutch oven. Getting back into uh the camping side of it, have you and your family got a chance to go out? I know we've I've got two different trips that I've already been out this month. I hit the the early part of June pretty hard. Um going out with some buddies uh, and doing a weekend at the Total Archery Challenge. And then we just did a week at the Lakeshore with my family. But have you got a chance to to get the little guy out uh, someplace camping? Yeah, we've been out twice this year. And thank goodness we went when we did because it is just brutally hot out there right now. And I don't think I'm going to go camping until fall. But, yeah, we, we've, been out, we've been out twice. Um, my son just just loved it he loves anything outside and anything where there's water there was a river running through one of the campsites we were at and then the other one we went to a reservoir and he just he just had the time of his life it was great a lot of good food too have you noticed steve that uh getting campsites is becoming a little more difficult like as far as you need to now reserve the primo spots ahead of time is do you think that camping's making a big comeback? I know with this pandemic thing, I think people are wanting to get out and get away. And I think, I think camping's making a big resurgence. Oh yeah. I think so too. I, I, especially with like people buying RVs and camping trailers. You, I see those everywhere when I'm driving down the freeway, it seems like everybody is going camping for some reason. And I mean, it's good that, when the first time we went camping was over Memorial day weekend, we went from Saturday to Monday and we made, we went to uh, it's called Willow flat. It's just right outside of Preston, Idaho. You may have heard that. It's where they filmed Napoleon dynamite. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
So, yeah. F- funny story about that. My cousin is actually the one that wrote and directed Napoleon Dynamite. No and, way. Uh, yeah, yeah. And both both my brothers are in that movie as extras and my grandpa is one of the one of the milk judges. Holy when that, smokes. That yeah, is yeah. that is probably one of the most quoted movies that oh, it my totally group of friends is, yeah. have. I mean, it, we always boil it back down to Napoleon Dynamite, and here we are. The guy has connections right here. This is it's even closer than Kevin Bacon at this point. It's not even six <laughs> degrees. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, in, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah. Anyway, we were camping. It's just about twenty thirty minutes outside of Preston, Idaho, and we made our reservations about um, a month or two ahead of time. And I, I was surprised that there was even a campsite still available. We, I think we got one of the last two or three campsites and then we get there and we're, we go find our campsite and somebody else is already there. So I go find the camp host and I, I showed him my reservation. I had an email of it. I showed it to him and they had no record of my of my uh of me booking a campsite oh no so i'm like so what do we what do we do now so they most of their campsites there are you reserve them but they do have a handful of just first come first serve ones and they had they had three more available and he said just pick whichever one you want and stay there so it, it actually turned out that the campsite that we stayed at was it was a lot better than the one that we had reserved anyway so it all worked out good, but it's just, it's crazy how many people are camping. It's just nuts. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing too, when you're trying to get out and get some, get some peace and quiet and enjoy the outdoors and you've got everybody out there, but it also is good to see people out enjoying, you know, the outdoors. Exactly. Exactly. I think of it just as, you know, with hunting and fishing, we see numbers start starting to trickle up and it's like, yes, that's a good thing. That means more money going into the systems. That's, you know, that's going to help with conservation. That's going to help with animal um, research, everything. This is all great. Um, but at the same time, they're like, dang, now I'm sharing my spots with more people. Mm-hmm. So it's that double-edged yep. sword. So it happens right on down into the campgrounds where, yeah, yeah you got to be quick. You got to be first to do that. Um, I would say that those folks, uh, that took your spot, man, they're just, I tell you, they're low lifes. They really just think that they own the place <laughs> at the same time. I was that low life this past, <laughs> when we went to total archery challenge, we pulled in and I swore my reservation. I didn't have any of the paperwork on hand. It was on my phone, but I didn't have uh service. And I'm like, Nope, 76. Mm-hmm. That's where we're supposed to go. And, uh, Pull in, we set up at 76, and then come to find out, nope, we were totally 72. <laughs> so oh, gosh. I find this out the next day, so I call up the yeah the camp host and was like, listen, uh, totally messed up. I was like, I was hell bent that we were on this campsite. We totally weren't. Tell the folks we're sorry. They can they can have ours. You know, it, it was a pretty much a swaparoo on on that. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we figured out when when they drove by and saw somebody there, and then you hadn't showed up. We figured as much that you would just made a mistake so no i was i was that low life this time <laughs> but i i kind of hardly call it camping what we did um going up to total archery challenge we brought up 
um, my buddy's uh, camper. It's a 31-foot with two slide-outs. It's got an outdoor kitchen attached. Um, we did fill it with eight guys all sleeping either on couches, I mean two on the big bed, and then all the bunks were filled up. It was great for a guy's weekend away because we just filled that thing up. But as far as, like, roughing it, there was absolutely no roughing going on. We had way too much food. We had way too much beer. We had way too much fun. Um, what style of camping does your family do? Are you, are you guys roughing it where you 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 put everything into the car and, and set the tent up, um, real traditional style, or, or do you pull around a, a trailer? Yeah, we most of the time, you know, we're just sleeping in a tent. And we're doing that. But my grandpa has a tent trailer and uh, we've borrowed that a few times and taken that out. And that's been fun, too. We like to take the the trailer with us when we're going to be gone more than, you know, say two or three days. It's just a little bit more comfortable. But if it's just for two or three days, we just take a tent. And that's always been good for us. Good deal. Your camping setup for. Uh, cooking. Now we're getting into the real nit gritty here. Um, with you being a lover of cast iron, you're you're trying to make something super heavy, yet try to be portable. How do you end up taking like what what's your basic setup for an outdoor kitchen uh, when you go camping? Well, I'll tell you this: it's changed this year. I changed it up, and I. I definitely think I'm going to keep it this way until my family grows a little bit more and I'm going to need the more stuff. But, um, in years past, I just, I bring, I have always brought way more stuff than I needed. I'm always bringing one or two Dutch ovens, four or five skillets, my flat top. And I only end up using, you know, the one Dutch oven and maybe one or two skillets. So I, um, I just buckled down and I just said, you know, I don't need all this stuff when we went camping. So I just took the one Dutch oven, two skillets, and I brought a flat top, but I only ended up using my Dutch oven and one skillet. So I think it's good to have, you know, the variety and different stuff like that. And another thing that I did this year, I've always had a three burner stove a three burner camp chef stove. And I always found myself only using two burners at a time. I never used all three. That's so the I big up... stand up where you put, you add the 20 pound tank off to the side, mm-hmm. but you get the three uh, big burners going along the, the ends of it. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's just, you know, I was never using that. So I ended up going ahead and selling. I just, I sold it on Facebook marketplace, my three burner stove. And I just went and bought a small, the, the camp chef two burner, like the, their basic model. I forget the, the model of it, but it's like their basic model. It weighs pretty much nothing, but it works just as good. And I'm just trying to make it more simple for one, then I don't have to haul as much. And two, you know, your food's going to turn out great on no matter what you cook with. So you can make, make it work. So when I, when I went camping, I took my two burner stove, my griddle, 
two skillet, my two stargazer skillets, and a Dutch oven. And I didn't even use it all. So I think it's better to just pack the things that you need and not the things that you're like, oh, this might be fun to use, but I don't know if I'm going to use it. So just make it simple on you. And it takes up less room in the truck and less stuff you have to set up. You bet. You bet. And I think that only comes with experience. I mm-hmm. I find that it even, does. even as we, even as I go out, sometimes I, I think I pack up a little extra every time that I go. Although having my chuck box and having that be like, I have to live within inside these parameters. And so like I can throw in a 12 inch, um, a cast, a 12 inch cast iron or a 10 inch. And that'll fit on the, the little propane stoves um, that I, the little propane stove that I use. That's going to work out just perfect. But it's like after a while, like, man, I can't, I can't find room for this, so I guess I'm not going to take it. Putting myself literally, quote-unquote, in a box has helped me try to reduce the stuff that I don't need. But at the same time, it's also, like, really got my creative juices going. Like, hmm, what else? Or how how could I fit this item in there? Like, where is there a little spot that I could end up putting this in? So yeah. making sure I have all the st- all the hookups that I need because yeah I even went to rather than buying the little one pounders and burning through a couple of those uh, a day and just being frustrated having to pull one off and put on a new one I just grabbed the twenty pounder and I've got the uh, extension uh, adapter hose there and that that works out awesome I can then run I can run that that stove all day if I wanted to just with that amount of amount of propane yeah yeah. Now, propane is probably the easiest, lightest, most convenient way um, when you're when you're tent camping at that point. At least it's all in a canister. There's not a mess. You don't have to use lighter fluid or um, mess with with charcoal. But I've seen these fire tables that, and I'm not even sure if that's what they're called, but the, like a charcoal bench um, where it's a steel bottom and it's got wind wind catches on the side of it and basically you're just warming up coals on this and that becomes the oven at that point you then use your dutch ovens on this steel table that's covered in in charcoal you've been rocking one of those tell me a little bit about that setup yeah so those are called a dutch oven table um the one i have is made by camp chef but i'm pretty sure i've seen that I know Lodge has made them in the past. I don't know if, if they still do, but I the one I have is from Camp Chef. It's about oh, about waist height, and my brother got me that for Christmas one year, and I use it every time I go camping. Every time I'm cooking in the Dutch oven, when we went camping this last time, we cooked some chicken enchiladas, and... I got my charcoal basket and we had a fire going and I filled that basket up with charcoal and I just set the, the, the charcoal basket in the fire to get the coals going. And while the coals were going, I was preparing the, the chicken enchiladas. And then by the time the coals were ready to go, enchiladas were ready to be cooked. And the reason why I like that Dutch oven table is you don't have to bend over 
and you know get in the dirt and especially with how dry it is out here in utah right now it's just it's crazy dry and we have we have i think they i think they've said on the news that this is the driest driest summer or year that we've had in in like over 50 years and you know if you can just keep those coals off the ground to prevent a fire from starting i think that that's really nice too because you want to be smart when you're going camping too the last thing you want to do is start a fire and then be responsible for for starting a fire i i can't but, even imagine what i mean it would just take one little ember to just roll over to some dry grass and <laughs> it'd be all well not not that just on the other side of the mountain where I live about two weeks ago, um, one of those excavators, you know, with the metal tracks was driving down the road and driving on a gravel road. And just the, the movement of that, of those tracks hitting a rock made a spark and burnt, burnt a few hundred acres. Oh my God. That's how dry it is out here. Just that, that small, that small, um, just a small little spark. I mean, it was probably tiny, but it burned a few hundred acres. It's just, it's nuts how dry it is this year. So yeah, keeping that, those coals up and away from, from that ground. But then, like you said, just the ease of it, where now you're at a standing level so you can basically not only protect the area from fire but at the same time yourself at that point because now you can move those dutch ovens to where you need to or have multiple going on side by side i just love that setup but it it's got to be one of those where it it's not like a propane where you can kind of walk away for a little bit um if it's you know you can just turn them off and then turn off the gas and walk away whereas this is something you you kind of have to babysit and you're you're yeah you do stuff you do um, you're using probably briquettes, um, at this point when you're on one of those tables, or are you also rocking lump at that point? You know, I've done both. And, um, a few years ago, me and my brother entered a chili cook-off competition and I was all about, it was the first time I'd ever used lump charcoal. I didn't really know what I was doing. And I just said, you know, we're going to go old school we're not going to use charcoal we're going to use um you know lump charcoal we're not going to use the briquettes and we did not get those those uh, that lump charcoal hot enough uh-huh. we just you know we we lit it it was the first time either one of us had used it and we lit it like you would you know those briquettes once they get a little white around the edge then you know they're lit and they're going to keep on burning so you know, I've messed around with the lump charcoal a little bit, and I know how to use it now. But just what, just out of the ease of it, I I like to use just the briquettes. Isn't there something now? I'm I'm pulling this maybe out of the air. Maybe this is something I've heard. Maybe it's something I'm not. But depending on, like, because it's such a uniform size, and just the use of of briquettes for such a long period of time you can almost guess or gauge how long each briquette is going to burn for, but at the same time, like, hey, we want this to be at roughly 400 degrees on the inside, so it's a it's an eight uh, briquette fire. 
or oh we're going to go to a 450 so now we're going to make it a you know a 12 briquette fire have you got a system down there where you're like if i'm if i'm gauging for this temperature i'm using this many briquettes yeah i you know it was funny the last time we were camping i because where we were camping we didn't have service and as i was driving in i was like crap i don't know if i have that picture on my phone because i saved i found a picture online and and it showed you know if you want your dutch oven to be 350 on the inside you put x amount on the bottom and x amount on the top and you know i found that that works when i was camping i i couldn't i probably had the picture somewhere on my phone i just couldn't find it but i have done that before as for um, judging how long the briquettes will last for, I found that it all comes down to your conditions. If you've got wind, those things are going to burn twice as fast when when you don't have any wind and it's just a nice, you know, calm day. They, they last quite a while. But if you have that wind, they burn so fast and you've just you've got to have double or you know switch them out halfway through have another batch ready to go gotcha definitely a babysitting ordeal when it comes it really is yeah it is just wanted to take a time out and say thank you to the listeners for tuning in it really does mean a lot i would also appreciate that if you haven't already left a rating or review uh to go ahead and do that it all helps folks find us and get on board using and enjoying their wild game more. Feel free to chat with us and ask questions either on Facebook, The Huntivore, or Instagram, at Huntivore. Got a recipe you think is dynamite and want to share? Or have some show topic ideas? Email us at Huntivore at gmail.com. For even more hunting and fishing podcasts by real, relatable sportsmen, head over to Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, which happens to be a 2% for conservation company who give 1% of their earnings and 1% of their time helping out the wildlife and wild places we all love. Now, back to the show. I don't, I mean, you get into these, uh, the pellet grills, and I, I, I see people and they use them, and in fact, I'm even kind of toying with the idea of of maybe picking one up myself. You, you should get one. But you should get I'm, one. They're awesome. I, I'm sure they are. My here's my thing is that when you when you plug your grill into a wall, when you have to when you need an outlet to run your grill, I feel like some I, I feel like that's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole idea I, I get of having, what you're saying. Having the computer be able to run the system, get the desired temp. Now, when you're looking for uh, control, like technology's great. Bring it and in, include it. In fact, I'm I now am running a uh, a probe thermometers. Um, I I found a company that I really love, TapiQ. They've got a uh, Bluetooth enabled, and they've got a Wi-Fi unit. And I use them both depending on what how many pieces of meat I have on on the grill, depending on if it's a you know a fast sear or a reverse sear versus uh, a long smoke on something like I'm going to use those temperature probes a little bit differently, but like incorporating technology is one thing, but the whole idea of just like plugging in my grill, <laughs> I, it, it just seems like an oxymoron at that point. 
Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I have my third pellet drill right now. I, um, up until just earlier this spring, I had two pellet drills. I, I really liked the Camp Chef um, pellet drills. I can't tell you enough about how much I love them. They're just awesome, very well designed. They're local company for me anyway. They're just out of Utah, about an hour. Their headquarters is just about an hour away from me. But, um, yeah, I, I had two pellet grills. I had their their 20-inch model and their 24-inch model. And then I decided to sell both of them and just get one bigger smoker. So I sold them, and then right after I sold them, they came out with a new model, their 30-inch model, and I got that one. And I just – I love it. Um it is great, you know, for that you're you're always going to have, you know, fairly consistent temperatures. The biggest thing that I really like about them that they that they introduced about a year and a half ago is their smoke levels. They have a smoke level from 1 to 10. And so say, you know, you you have somebody that doesn't like that much smoke, you can have it, you know, more on the one setting and it's very light, just a kiss of smoke, or you can bump it up all the way to 10 and you're getting a lot more smoke. Oh, gotcha. I found, I, I found that for me, I really like the smoke level number seven or eight. I, that That's my favorite um, smoke setting, but I, I do get what you're saying. I, one, uh, a grill that I really, really want and right now I'm just living in, me and my wife are just living in, in an apartment, in a townhome apartment. And I don't, I don't have the room for, to get another grill right now. But once we get a house, I really want to get a drum smoker. Oh, yeah. That, that, that is something that I just, I want so bad. And one of these days I'm going to have one and I can't wait because I do want to learn how to, you know, mess around with the with the charcoal and getting your heats right. And I, I want to learn that skill, but for right now, you know, I love the pellet grills and the food that comes out of them. is just awesome, but it is, you know, it's the very hipster thing to do right now. Everybody's got a pellet grill. Everybody does, but they're, they're good. And, and I, and I enjoy them a lot. Good deal. On that 30-inch, how many racks, how many rack of ribs do you think you could uh, realistically stack in that sucker? Oh, I haven't maxed it out, but, um, you know, I would guess it has two shelves. So it has an upper and a lower. So, you know, I would guess that you could get eight to ten probably, eight to ten racks of ribs, you know, a good amount. Nice. And you're probably, if you're smoking pork butts, you're probably going to get, you know, about eight pork butts on there, six to eight pork butts. Oh, yeah. If you've got the 30 inch space in there, you might as well just throw yeah. them all on. Because once mm-hmm. you, you know, if you put on one, you know, you want to do your one little pork butt, um, you know, you're going to be done and you finish that off and you're going to be looking for more and you're going to want yeah. to, you're going to wish you would have had a few more going at that yeah. time too. So no, that's good. That's awesome. That you can just fit that much on that, that unit. So it's, it's still in the cards. I'm still up. I'm 
I I used to be a guy that was like, uh, okay, things are absolute, and I'm finding now the more times that I say like absolute statements, the more time I end up eating my own words or having to shove my shoe in my mouth. So I, I'm leaving the door cracked. Like to say you that know, I'm going to get one is th- there might be a possibility. Th- th- this is what I would do if I were you. Do Do you have a friend or know somebody that has a pellet grill? Yes. Ask him if you can ask him if you can borrow it for a weekend and just cook with it. See how you like it. If you like it, then go buy one because, I mean, they, they are a little bit, you know, more on the pricey side. They are pretty expensive. But, you know, see if you can just borrow one for a weekend and give it a try. I also thought about just continuing the borrowing aspect of it. I just bring over (laughs) a pack of beer and a bunch of meat that I've already like prepped and ready to go. Be like, Oh, Hey, that, that grill again. Are you, are you using that right now? Can I, can I jump in on that? (laughs) Oh yeah. That, 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 that works too. That works too. You know, maybe I can figure out to boost that Wi-Fi signal. So he's only like a couple miles away. Like if I could boost mm-hmm. that Wi-Fi signal, maybe I can check my temps from my house. And that way I don't have to there just you go. sit in his garage all day. <laughs> there you go. Now, a piece of technology that I am excited about. In fact, my brother picked one up. So I'm definitely be- going to be doing the extended borrow on that is going to be uh, one of the large flat top griddles. Um, I think he got what he get. I think he got yeah the name brand the big name the Blackstone. Um, I think it's the three burner one that he got. But he was sending me pictures of him doing just a mess of sliders on that. He did the the smash burger style where he had them in a ball and then would smash them with the um, the spatula. And that mm-hmm. looks like a ton of fun. I feel like you that can would cook be a, piece a lot of, of food on those things. Yeah. I feel like that would be yeah. a piece of equipment that I could really maximize the use out of. Oh yeah. I, I don't have one of those right now, but when I, when I get a house, me and my wife are settled, I'm definitely going to get one of those that, you know, we'll just live on the, on the back patio. Yeah, I've got yeah, my deck out here. I'm I'm trying to convert it into I call it backstrap alley. It's just my covered uh deck now and I've got the gas grill out there. I've got the the PK that lives out there and then the deep fryer also lives out there. And there there's a few spots for things that need to happen. Maybe maybe it's a griddle, maybe it's going to be a uh a pellet grill. I don't know as as we're building this as I'm you know, putting this thing in, in my mind, but yeah, having a space to do all that, having an outdoor kitchen is definitely been a win, um, that we've got off this. So yeah, as soon as you get out of that apartment, that's, that's going to be what you need to do. Oh yeah. Another thing that I really want to build is one of those artisan pizza ovens. Yeah. You know, those like, yeah, that, that's, I see those all the time. You know, every once in a while I see one in somebody's backyard and I'm just like, you know, I really need one of those. I don't know how often I would use it, but I need one. <laughs> it's a need, honey. It's a need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My brother-in-law has, I forget the name brand of it, but he's got one of the propane ones that it has a uh, stone that fits in the bottom. And I mean, yeah, I have one of those too. You do have yeah. one. Gotcha. Yeah. He is, I thought he was going to be like, I don't know, love it for like a, a week and a half. 
man, he has gotten to the point now where he's really messing with his his crust for his pizzas. He loves to do little personal pizzas or then go in and do the big 12-inchers. Um, he's yeah. messing with a sauce. He's messing with different um, uh, doughs that he's trying to make for for his crusts. Um, I've got him on the idea that he needs to start doing like flatbreads, like doing like like the garlic naan bread. And he was like, "Oh, oh that's, yeah, that would be that's good. something we need to get into as well." Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. But yeah, those are again they're a, they're a one trick pony. They are what they are. They are a pizza oven. But at the same time, like the stuff you pull out of that, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a pizzeria that can make that good of a pizza. Uh, uh-huh. that close to you you know you know i i've also used them before too like one time i was cooking some cornbread in my skillet and i just threw my whole skillet right in there and i cooked cornbread just used it just like a regular oven i've used it for stuff like that before too oh good deal they, yeah yeah so yeah, those we, wooden trick ponies i they are amazing what they do but yeah when you find stuff like what you're doing right there where you're being being able to take a pizza oven and do something different with it like it does it just adds almost a another bit of value to that piece of equipment yeah yeah i we my my wife and i ended up because i've used it quite a bit with my in-laws and they've they've just talked about how much they want one we ended up getting them one as a combined mother's day father's day gift and we we gave it to them you know about a week ago and they were just they were so excited they my they they live in Washington now up near Seattle, and I'm actually going up there this Friday to visit them for for about two weeks, and they want me to help them show them how to use it, and so we're gonna be making pizzas up there. It's gonna be fun. Good deal. Favorite pizza topping? What is it? You know, I'm all about the meat, the the sausage, the pepperoni, the ham, the bacon. You know, I'm I'm a meat lovers pizza kind of guy. Or I really like a chicken Alfredo pizza. That's really good, too. Wow, yeah. Chicken Alfredo. That's a new one. I've not heard of a chicken Alfredo pizza. There, there's, and there, there's a pizza restaurant close to where I live. And my favorite pizza that they have, it has ranch sauce on it. And it's got chicken and bacon and cheese on it. And I haven't made one of those myself but I get it all the time at that pizza restaurant, a chicken bacon ranch pizza. And it is, it is killer. It's amazing. See, I'll take that over like a, a Hawaiian, you know, there's a, there's a good uh-huh. place for like, you know, doing eccentric stuff on there. But like what you just said, that sounds like a dang good pizza. It's, it's really good. Speaking of being a hipster, though, pizza that I love, there's a guy, he has, he had one of the big um, artisan uh, wood fired, ovens in his restaurant that was like his thing was these wood-fired pizzas and he had a smoked turkey avocado pizza so instead of instead of a red sauce like a red tomato sauce he actually made this avocado sauce kind of like you know blitzed it up like a guacamole but he had a bunch of garlic and stuff else in it and that was the base and then slices of tomato and then smoked turkey that went on that and threw that in oh man and they, they that had sounds the big, incredible. The big squares of mozzarella, not like the shredded, but the squares on that thing. Oh uh-huh. man, I could eat a whole. Sounds one awesome. Of those. That sounds really good. 
Now, a piece of equipment that I personally am looking forward to asking you about is, again, I came across it on your on your Instagram feed, um, is uh, it's a lodge, and it's that sportsman's grill. It Oh, yeah. It, it's like an oval base to it, and it looks like it's got legs to it that he, it houses the charcoal, and then it's got a, a grate that goes on the top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to me about that piece, because that is... That is one piece, other than like another another Dutch oven or getting another skillet, like this has been a piece that I continue to come back to and look at and put on wish lists. Like it looks like it's a fun thing to use. You know, it's a lot of fun. And I used it this last time I went camping and I just told myself, I'm like, why don't I use this more? I've had it about a year and a half now, and I've probably only used it like five or six times. But so, yeah, it's made by Lodge. It's called Sportsman's Grill. It's designed. Oh, I can't I can't remember the name of the company, but there used to be a company that used to make those oh, like 50 to 80 years ago. And they've gone out of business. And when they went out of business, Lodge bought the patents for them. And they made them. I don't think Lodge is making them right now. But I was looking at one of their Instagram stories and someone was asking if the if the sportsman's grill has been discontinued. And they said that it's not, but it will be back next year and it will be. um, It will be improved. I don't know what they're going to improve on it, but they said it'll be back next year better than ever before. But. It's a lot of fun, you know, you you just put your charcoal down in the bottom or your lump charcoal. I normally just start a fire, and once I get some good embers and, you know, some good coals and everything, I'll just take a shovel and scoop them into there, and I just cook out of that. It's got a little damper at the bottom where you can open and close it to help regulate your temperature, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. You could probably cook, oh probably four good sized burgers on it i mean it's it's probably about 18 inches wide um probably about eight inches deep so i mean it's not huge but you know if you've got a small family it's perfect and it's just it's something that's a lot of fun and i don't know why i don't use it more i need to you're telling me i'm not i'm not going to feed an army with it but at the same time like this is going to be a great i mean just like as a sportsman, I can't think of anything better than like, you know, I'm not a big fly fisherman. I'm, I'm a worm, worm dunker, you know, whatever I can get, mm-hmm. I keep. So I get some good, nice trout online and pull those suckers in. And what a better unit to be able to gut out two, uh, two rainbow trout and just lay them across the top of that griddle. Or even oh, yeah. we're a, we like, um, I'm going to ask you this question a little bit, but my absolute favorite thing to make while we're camping is foil dinners and i can see like using that unit using that sportsman's grill where even if i don't put the grate on top i've got a controlled basket of charcoal rather than dunking those into a fire (laughs) almost always puncturing it you know spilling one out getting burnt okay thank you bud 
always, you know, breaking one and then having the contents just spill all over the place. And someone's, you know, now you have to split the other one. But being able to be controlled inside that little basket, I think that would just be a dynamite piece of equipment that I would use. So it is, it is on the need list. I, I don't know if anybody's going to be really, I don't know if my wife's going to really jump in on the need style of it, but I'm thinking that's going to mm-hmm. be, I'm hoping to find one of those. Sounds like I got to wait till next year, eh? They they did come out with a new product. I forget the name of it. You'll have to look it up, but it it's um it's very similar to the Sportsman's Grill, but it's a circle. Um, I forget the name of it. They just released it this year. It's it's pretty much the exact same thing, but it's it's just it's a circle instead of an oval. And that that's what I use. That's what I cooked on it last time I used it. Was I made some tinfoil dinners, and it was it was just perfect. It worked great. Excellent. And then, yeah, it's going to last a lifetime. Cast iron, it's, you get a little surface rust. All you got to do is just use a wire brush, get that off there, or steel wool, and be able to pull that off. Yeah. Well, all right. We've talked a ton about equipment. We've talked just on using those different pieces of uh, things that we take camping. But now I'm going to get into a little bit of nitty-gritty of what you are specifically making for your family. I want to know what you are, what your go-to meal is. So you get set up. This is going to be the great meal for your family. What are you making for the wife and kid? When I'm camping or when I'm just home? When you're camping. Okay, so... I mean, do calories count while you're camping? No, no, no. they don't. They, they never do. They never do. <laughs> So extra butter. I have a feeling that there's always extra butter added. Oh, you can never have too much butter. Um, For breakfast, my favorite thing is just, you know, mount. I call it a mountain man breakfast. Um, that's what me and my brother call it. You know, you've got your, your potatoes, your onions, whatever kind of meat you have. I really like adding in some, some bacon or ham. Or if I have some leftover barbecue pulled pork, I'm throwing that in there. And then right at the end, you crack some eggs in there and let the eggs cook and then put some cheese on it. And, you know, that's just a really great because you're cooking all that in the same and just in one Dutch oven. So it's a one one um, dish meal. And it's just you, you can't beat it. And then my favorite thing for lunch, I cook it almost every single time we go camping one of my one of my best friends he introduced it to me once when we were in high school and we went camping together and it's a it's a barbecue ham sandwich you cook up some bacon and onions you get the the bacon cooked you know pretty much all the way and you get your onion sauteed in the bacon fat and then you get your deli ham and you just get a big metal spatula and you just chop that that ham up into small pieces and then put your favorite barbecue sauce in it and let that cook for a little bit and then throw it on a bun. You can't beat it. I made it once for my wife and now every time we go camping, it's just, you know, it's just a regular. And have you seen the new system where they're going with like, if they're making like, yeah, they'll take that, um, the ham and lay it out. I've seen a lot with eggs where they'll actually like, 
put the eggs in there, and then they end up putting all the ingredients in quadrants. So they'll have in two opposite quadrants, they actually put the the bread or what's going to be on the outside, and then they put filling in the two other opposite corners, and they end up folding that sucker up inside of that pan as you're going. Like that's what's coming to mind when you're talking about your smoked barbecue sandwich there at that point. Is like you start out with this like this flat, delicious uh grit you know, this big circle of it and then end up gets it all fold together in just layers of awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. I can send you the recipe if you want. It's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. So. Send me that recipe and I'll probably go ahead and just link that here in the show notes as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, we've been breaking down some recipes as is, but I'm going to continue to go with this. We're going to then come into the crescendo of our show here, and that's going to be the two-dish breakdown. Okay, this is it. Steaks cooked medium rare. Can I get my steak cooked? That's what? No question. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meat loud? in I've already got you warmed up, Steve. I'm just going to keep going. You're just you're staying in for another inning. Just keep throwing heat, all right? <laughs> you know, I would say right now my my favorite two-dish breakdown would oh, definitely I got, I got be... the uh, there's criteria here. So don't you worry. Oh, okay. You're going to have to think about. It. You're going to have to think about okay. this one. So okay. the criteria is I know that you're a recreational hunter that you do enjoy hunting. You do enjoy being a sportsman, but it's again, you got a job, you got a family, you got a kid. And sometimes it's just not in the cards this past year. Did you get a chance to go hunting this year? I didn't know. I, I haven't been hunting for about two years. I just, I, I didn't draw out on anything. Darn, darn. Well, when you have game, I want to know what your your favorite wild game is. And then I want you to, I want you to tell me how you would prepare it in a cooking uh or excuse me in a camping environment. So mm-hmm. what's your favorite game and how are you cooking it on a camping trip? So I don't I don't mess around with wild game all that often. But my favorite would definitely be elk and bison. Ooh, though, those are bison, you know, it's a very similar to beef, but just it's more lean. It's not as fatty, but I just, I can't cook the bison around my wife, but bison is her favorite animal and she <laughs> will not eat bison. It's the so, charismatic megafauna. She's, she's fallen prey to it. <laughs> yeah, so I get that. I get that at restaurants. Whenever they got it on the menu, I always get it. So I don't ever really cook with that at home. But I cook with elk every once in a while, and I really like just using ground elk because I find that you can just use it with so many different things. You know, you can anything that you would put beef or something else into you could put elk into. I really like elk spaghetti. Oh, I yeah. think that that's, I think that that's really good or yeah. I don't know. Just, yeah. I really like messing around with or, or jerky. 
I make jerky a lot with elk and, um, but yeah, I don't know. I've never really messed around with it with camping. So I don't really know how to best answer that question. Gotcha. No, that's all right. I, I will say like, yeah, the ground is not only is it so versatile, but it can go into so many different things. And so when you're put into a situation of I'm, I'm at a primitive style of cooking here. I, I am at camp. I have, you know, live fire or I have charcoal, like being able to just make a patty and make burgers or at the same time, brown it up, add in the, you know, add in the sauce and away we go with uh, spaghetti sauce. That that's a good use of, uh, of that yeah. ground. Yeah, definitely. All right. This one, this one is, we're getting fancy here. And you have your whole setup as far as your your cast iron, and you're still camping though. But I want your crown jewel dessert. We can talk savory all day when it comes outside, but I think it takes a real camp cook to bust out a dessert. What are you making? Okay, so you know for the appetizer classic camping treat is a s'more right exactly but when, when you're doing a s'more instead of just using the regular hershey chocolate put a reese's on there a reese's peanut butter cup my sister-in-law showed it to me one time it changed my life i never have a s'more with just regular chocolate anymore but I, I just had to throw that out there because that's that's you know my favorite little little you know your small little camping treat, but you can never go wrong with a cobbler, a Dutch oven cobbler. Yes, yes. And I I really like peach cobbler. I think that that's my favorite one. And you just you can't go wrong with it. It's you know good classic american dessert you always hear about people cooking up a cobbler when they're going camping or you always hear about a dutch oven cobbler i think for a lot of people a cobbler is one of the first things that comes to mind when you think of dutch oven and it's not all that complicated to no. to put together i think i think when people see it or like hey make a cobbler like i think all of a sudden people think about all the different ingredients that may go into it but Mm-hmm. As far as assembly, like, take me through how you're throwing together a cobbler. So I really, I just get the, you know, your canned peaches or canned apples, you know, whatever. It's the same, works the same. But you're just putting that down in the bottom of the Dutch oven. I when I'm doing this, I always use those tin foil Dutch oven liners because cobbler makes a mess. Oh yeah, all and, that sugar that gets just yeah. just burnt onto the sides. Yes, tastes yeah. delicious when it's all done, but at the same time, yeah, even with all the seasoning in the world, it's still going to be a bugger to get yeah. all that off. Mm-hmm. So just do yourself a favor and just use one of those Dutch oven liners, pull it out and throw it away when you're done. <laughs> so that 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 would be my number one tip for cobbler. And then, you know, I I like using yellow cake. Just put that on top and then slice up some butter, lay that on top. And then, you know, I've never, I've never seen anybody 
outside of Utah do this. I don't know if people do it outside of Utah, but I always saw people do it here. They get a can of Mountain Dew or Sprite and they pour maybe like half a can on top of the on top of the cake mix to add a little bit more moisture. And you know, all it's doing is just adding moisture, but I don't I don't know if it really adds much of a flavor, but or maybe just something. an airiness because the carbonation. Yeah, and that, you know never, that could be. It I've never too. heard of that. So maybe it's in Utah. Maybe this is a big secret that uh, you've now revealed to all of us. Adding, yeah, adding I, a half a can of Sprite. Yeah, it, every time I went to Scout Camp, we always did that, and I've never seen anybody else do it before. But every year when we went to Scout Camp, we always did that. Whenever me and my one of my friends, he would always make the cobbler whenever we were hanging out and we wanted a Dutch oven cobbler and he would always pour half a can of Mountain Dew in there. So it's just, you know, I, I don't know if it's that common of a thing, but I've seen it done a lot and I do it. And so then that goes in the Dutch oven. You, you now layered this on top. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's not super long that you're having to cook this either. It's, Less than an hour, right? Yeah, yeah. It's normally, you know, half an hour to 40 minutes. But once um, a trick I learned, I, I think I think it was from, um, from Cowboy Kent Rollins. I think I learned this trick from him. Once you can start to smell it outside of the Dutch oven, that's when you kind of want to start checking it. Gotcha. So once I can start to smell the cobbler that's when I, when I'm checking it and once, you know, getting a nice, um, golden brown on top, that's when, that's when it's done. But speaking of, of Kent Rollins, did you see the video that he posted last week with the, co- with the Blackberry Cobbler? No, I have not gotten through to that. Tell me about oh, it. It just, it looks awesome. It's definitely going to be the next Cobbler I make. Um, he just posted it last I think last Friday or Thursday on, on YouTube. And it just, it looks awesome. You use fresh blackberries and, you know, most people when they're making a cobbler, they just pour the cake mix right in there, but he made like a wet mixture. And, um, I haven't seen that all that often in cobbler, but I definitely want to give it a try. So, um, you, you had him on the show not that long ago, didn't you? Yeah. Maybe last summer. Yeah, last summer, right around uh real lockdown time. Uh yeah, he mm-hmm. was on the show and we talked we talked a lot about um doing some live fire stuff and didn't get all into desserts, but man, yeah. I'm gonna have to look that up because our yeah, blackberries you, you... are coming in. Well, the, about the first week in July, they really start popping. So we're like two weeks out. I see red berries and mm-hmm. when they turn black, then I, we take the boys out and man we harvest the tar out of them but yeah you'll have to give that cobbler a try yeah i I was listening to it was funny i was listening to that podcast when you were uh interviewing him and you gave me a shout out in it and you know i was like a little schoolgirl. i'm like oh man he gave me a (laughs) shout out in front of uh in in front of cowboy kent rollins i I was like "Ooh, that's awesome (laughs) it was funny (laughs) yeah i think it was the well because i asked you i'm like should you boil water in your cast iron and i was Uh, like is that a good thing or a bad thing and you were like 
you know what? I don't know. We would have to ask a true expert. And so then when I had him on, I was like, hey, I have this question. And uh-huh. I believe the answer was you can, but I wouldn't do it an awful lot if you want to keep yeah. that seasoning mm-hmm. in. Um, I yeah, think one that, of the biggest that, things I got from I've... him was like, you know what? If you, you've got a good seasoning going, great. Like, keep it. If you mess up that seasoning, it's not the end of the world. You no, can soap it up, get it all off, and then just start again. So that was, mm-hmm. I think, a real eye-opener to, like, all the, again, all the absolutes. People are like, you cannot do this. You have to do this. Where it's like, well, if you want to keep that seasoning that you have right there, I wouldn't do it. But if you're going to redo your seasoning, then the the sky's the limit at this point. So Yeah. The biggest thing that I've learned with cast iron is – or even when it comes to barbecue and stuff, everybody has an opinion. Everybody thinks that their way is the best way. And for me, I've done what works for me and what works best for me. And I, I do it that way. And I'm going to continue to do it that way, no matter what people say. And I don't, you know, tell people that they're wrong because obviously they're doing what works for them. So just find what works for you and go from there. Wise words. Wise words, Steve. Well, hey, man, this has been an awesome. This hour has just melted away. It's been like that. I know, cobbler, we've gone man. on all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, give us a quick rundown. Where can where can we find your stuff? What what are you up to? And where can my listeners continue to uh, get in contact with you? So my biggest presence is on Instagram. Um, I do have a Facebook page. I'm, I haven't been that active on there in probably about a year, but Instagram is definitely my, my main point. I am, I've launched a website that I'm planning on doing one blog post with a recipe on there a week. That that's a goal of mine moving forward. I want to, I want to post one recipe a week. And along with that, I do have a YouTube channel. I have a few videos on there. And that's something this summer that I'm going to try and do, you know, maybe once or twice a month, I'm going to post a video on there. But if you want to see what I'm doing all the time, Instagram is definitely the place to go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, hold on, Steve. I'm going to send out our, our listeners here. Hey, folks. So if you're getting into the... Uh, the camping realm or you've already got your camper hooked up and you're thinking about what's going to be on the menu for this weekend make sure you get your favorites out there and make sure you add an extra tablespoon of butter or an extra lump of lard because honestly calories don't count while you're camping Um, but while you're out there make sure you're having fun make sure you're enjoying what you're doing maybe try something new maybe bust out a dessert like a cobbler that you haven't done before. But however you're using your uh, your cast iron, do the best to keep the seasoning on there. But always keep your knives sharp.